The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good day, and welcome to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis. PR Insider is brought to you by www.us.cision.com, whose world-famous Bacon's Media Database is updated more than 10,000 times per day. Take your PR to the next level. Now, here's your host, Maureen Kettis. Good morning. Welcome to PR Insider. I'm your host, Maureen Kettis. We're on Voice America Radio Network's business channel, and we're sponsored by Cision, formerly Bacon's Media. Visit them at Cision.com, C-I-S-I-O-N. I have an amazing show tonight, get, uh, today. <laughs> get ready to be grossed out, be freaked out. Um, I have Tim O'Brien, who is the VP of Publishing and Com- Communications at Ripley, believe it or not. Ripley Entertainment uh, is a huge corporation. I've just you know, learned so much about it uh, when I was trying to learn about Tim, but just unbelievable ver- variety of uh, of things that Tim runs. He's responsible for coordinating the publicity and promotion of the company's 50-plus attractions throughout the world. He serves as a corporate national spokesperson, and he uh, enthusiastically shares the Ripley product with the public through numerous TV and radio appearances. And through his uh, prior to his position with Ripley's, he was senior editor of Amusement Business, the world's leading business trade magazine for the amusement park and attraction industries. And he's traveled the world, and he has... Uh, also a photojournalist with 5,000 articles and 3,000 photos published. Tim, welcome to the show. <laughs> that makes me sound really old, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so what a unique job that you have. Um, tell me, uh, how, did you, how did Ripley's find you in the first place? I found them. Uh, as senior editor of Amusement Business uh, for 18 years, my beat was, uh, and another great job, it was amusement, amusement parks, theme parks, Fairs, carnivals, circuses, sideshows, that kind of stuff. Are so, you living the dream? I know. Isn't it, isn't it awesome? Someone, How many roller coasters have you been on? I saw something on your uh, bio. Little, right now, right around 500 oh. different ones. <laughs> That's the reason I'm, I, I am very, very uh, you know, real for Ripley. You know, I've shaken my head around enough that it fits perfect. But, uh, but uh, yeah, it's... Um, uh, it, it was an amazing journey through those years. And then uh, some of the best part, I got to meet the Ripley people. And I was, as a kid... You got to meet the Ripley's... I, you cut out for a sec. Uh, yeah, as, as a kid, I always loved Ripley's. And uh, went, went to their museums whenever we were in the area, but mostly their books. As a reader, I loved their books. And uh, would always take the uh, book fair... Uh, uh, information home for my parents to sign and send back 75 cents for me and I would buy a little Ripley's uh, paperback book and so I I had a feeling of what Ripley's was all about and then I got to meet the the management uh, through the last 15-20 years uh, as I was going and covering the conventions and at that by that time I by the time I was hired uh, with Ripley I had been in uh, about 15 of their museums already just so whenever I go out on uh, an assignment, I would always find the closest Ripley. 
So that's interesting. So you went in as a journalist, contacted them, but did they have a job opening or you just contacted them to see if you could be involved with that? Well, I knew them, like I said. So Uh I just just called up the president at that time, Bob Masterson, and said, hey, look, I'm ready for a middle-aged change change here, and I'm ready to go from, uh, you know, Becoming a flack to a hack, or a hack. Get <laughs> those confused. In other words, I cross over to the dark side, as journalists call me. But uh, so they said, hey, you know, we're thinking about uh, hiring. A... I joined the company when they were 85 years old. Wow. And to that day, they had never had one person dedicated strictly to PR or corporate mm-hmm. spokesperson. Uh, so that's what I came on board as. And uh, what a, you know, what a job. Uh, we have right now. We have seventy-three different attractions in thirteen countries. Oh my god! And um, so, and only you know just the one PR guy, which is me. And then of course I outsource a lot of help. But uh, what we do is um, is is reasonably easy because of the brand. The, the brand is so well thought of and so well known in most countries in the world that it. All you have to do is say Ripley's and they immediately think weird, odd, and bizarre, mm-hmm. which is uh, very, very helpful because, you know, they, they've identified what we're all about. But in, with 73 attractions in 13 countries, how are you, how is one guy getting out press releases, getting out? How is that possible? Uh, well, like I say, I, I, I have some help. I outsource, uh, but I'm a one-person department in the company. Uh, most of the... Venues. Most of our museums, most of our wax museums, whatever, and you know we can get into that a little bit later. What we have, uh, we'll handle most of their local media. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're having an event or whatever, they handle it. Okay. We don't do any advertising per se uh, in a big scale because uh, we, we use captive marketing. Where virtually every one of our attractions is in a destination. And, you know, nobody's going to go to Orlando just to go to Ripley's or right. to New York just to go to Ripley's. Uh, so what we do is we cash in on those people when they're in the market, and that's how, you know, that's the type of marketing and PR that we do, in-market stuff. But it's important that they have a very strong knowledge and awareness of our brand before they go to those markets. Right. And that's basically what I do. I do mostly the national stuff. Uh, I, I make sure our name is out there on a on a daily basis. And we, you know, we tweet and we blog and uh, we do just virtually everything out there in order to just get people involved and keep Ripley at the forefront of their imagination. Now, is it you who's blogging? Uh, yes, I well myself and uh, uh, we have a lady at corporate, uh, Marcia Peichel. Uh, she does uh, blogging as well. Just the two of us will do it. And uh, we try to get one or two new things up every day. Um, we put our daily cartoon strip, which started in 1918, which really started the whole company. Um, we, we put that up on a daily basis so people can see the current cartoon. And then uh, anything that's happening at any of our museums or uh, properties around the world, uh, we'll blog about just a little bit. And then occasionally... Like yesterday, like yesterday, I was uh, looking over when I get up. I look at all the uh, the blogs that I uh, uh, subscribe to, and there was a story in there from Discovery.com about why dogs chase their tails. 
And, you know, I've often wondered that, being where my mind is. I've often wondered, okay, now, what are they thinking? Why are they chasing their tails? Why are they? <laughs> I can't tell you. You'll have to know. Uh, it's a, believe it or not, <laughs> it's a cholesterol imbalance. Come on. Yes. And who studied this, and what corporation paid for that study? <laughs> I don't know. It was it showed up on Discovery.com yesterday. <laughs> we can't do, we can't do stem cell research, but we can find out why dogs chase their tails. <laughs> Absolutely, and I would have never, never in a hundred years thought cholesterol had anything to do with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. That, I'm worried about my dog now. I'm gonna start feeding her. Uh, that transferred over into humans. <laughs> I would be chasing my tail all day. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> Oh my gosh! So, um, you know, what is your? I'm curious. Like, what is your day to day? Where are you based? Uh, I am based out of Nashville. Oh, okay. That's where the accent comes from. Uh, yeah, our corporate offices are in Orlando. Uh huh. And I travel so much. Uh, it's it's really better to have me centralized. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I can hop on a plane here in Nashville and just get anywhere in a couple hours. So that that's really convenient and. Uh, you know, I don't really need to be in a corporate uh, environment because I'm either talking on the phone, writing, or I'm not there. So, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's an interesting, uh, interesting uh, approach to PR that we're doing. We're kind of creating our own little uh, concept of what PR should be all about. And what you know, when you go, when you travel, like what what is your what are your day to day duties? You know, I'm just stunned and amazed by, you know, the diversity of your corporation and how much you have to take, you're in charge of. But if you're, you know, in charge of messaging and branding and the communications, when you go to a site, why do you need to be at a site? Uh, well, I go to a site basically <clears throat> if they're having an event mm-hmm. or if we've got a new exhibit that I haven't seen yet mm-hmm. or if I just haven't been to that particular uh, uh, property, I make sure I need to really know about each of our properties. So a lot of them is out there. Uh, a lot of the touring is uh, strictly for an educational uh, uh, position. For so you know, product. so that you know your product. Yeah, so I know my product exactly. Uh-huh. And what a concept. I know. Really. <laughs> and uh, then I also get out there. And, uh, you know, my last trip was in um, up to Niagara Falls, Canada. And what we had up there, as well as eight other of our, believe it or not, museums around the world, we um, celebrated, get this, ready? Yes. International Sword Swallowers. <laughs> and you have like you have the best job in the world, I think. You never knew there was such a thing. I... <laughs> we had a simul swallow at eight of our museums, and uh, we had 23 different sword swallowers. And we, we were going to try a couple things up in Canada, uh, so I went ahead and figured, well, on that day I'll be up there. And, and a couple things we tr- we wanted to try again to get our name out, and uh-huh. so people, but it, it never worked. We wanted to, uh, for example, Raleigh Shalaki, uh, who was the sword swallower up there, we wanted to take her out to the middle of Rainbow Bridge there in Niagara Falls, Canada, and have her straddle the international line and be the first person to swallow a sword in two countries at the same time. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, the TSA people weren't real happy about that concept. <laughs> so we weren't allowed out on a bridge with swords. Oh my God! And do your ki- you have kids, right? I do. Are they do. grown now, or are they? Well, hopefully not. But uh, they're uh, one's twenty five and one's twenty two. And are they um, fascinated by Dad's job? And are they 
did they grow up with this, uh, you know, getting to see all the, I mean, because I, I know my kids just go crazy for Ripley's. Oh, yeah. And, you know, well, you know, I've only been with Ripley's for five years now. Oh, okay. So they grew up with me uh, traveling the world riding roller coasters. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I'll never forget Molly, my youngest, was, uh, I think it was in her second or third grade. And, you know, when you go in at night, the parents go in and sit at the Big people sit in these little desks and talk to the teachers. Uh It's kind of like an open house. uh, So we were there one night, and as I was getting up to leave, the teacher says, "Uh, Mr. O'Brien, could you come here a minute? Oh, God, what what has she gotten into already? She says, can I ask you what you do for a living? (laughs) I started (laughs) laughing. I said, why, what did Molly tell you? (laughs) You know, I was real anxious to hear this. She says, well, you, you have a computer. You get on airplanes, you fly all over the world, you ride roller coasters, go to circuses, and drink beer. <laughs> I said, yeah, uh, what, yeah. <laughs> so this is what happened to your brain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is so, how you're able to handle this schizophrenic job. Oh, my gosh. And that's, and you know, and they grew up with knowing that Dad did uh, an unusual type of job. Dad did unusual stuff. That's so great, so inspirational. Well, we're going to have to take a break. This is your host, Maureen Kettish. You've been listening to PR Insider, and uh, we'll have more with Tim O'Brien of Ripley Entertainment, the VP of Publishing and Communications, when we get back after a message from our sponsors. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. Webster's Dictionary defines a vertex as the highest point, the summit. The word vertex is derived from Latin, meaning to turn or to spin. If you have a product or service that needs exposure to a desired marketplace, shouldn't the idea be to reach the summit? To turn the tide of public opinion in your favor? To put some positive spin on so that success is in your future? If you run a major corporation and pay for expensive in-house public relations services, or if you're working from home yet need to know how to promote your new product or service, or if you fall somewhere in between, Vertex Communications, a public relations firm, is here to turn the tide on public opinion for you and your product. Vertex Communications, helping you communicate to the Vertex. Contact Vertex Communications at VertexPR.com to get an honest, straightforward assessment of your PR profile and a plan that will work for you, not against you. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-P-R.com. Communicate to the Vertex. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile, radio to thrive by. 
Vision's communication intelligence allows organizations to tell their story effectively. Whether they're speaking to TV networks or social networks, the company's Cision Point web platform integrates the world-class Bacon's Media Database with global media monitoring and analysis services. It gives communications professionals the tools they need to optimize their performance and build corporate and brand reputation. Find us on the web at www.us.cision.com. That's us.cision.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis, brought to you by Cision on the web at us.cision.com. Maureen and her guests would love to hear from you during the live show. Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also email your questions to be addressed on the show. Send your email to Maureen at prinsider.biz. That's Maureen at prinsider.biz. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to PR Insider. I'm your host, Maureen Kettis. We have been talking with Tim O'Brien, the king of PR gross outs and nightmares for Ripley's, believe it or not, and Ripley's Entertainment. He's the VP of Publishing and Communications for the company. Welcome back, Tim. Uh, thank you. So um, I, I wanted to ask you, we, we had a show on damage control. Does Ripley's ever have damage control? I mean, what kind of situations would would be problematic from a PR standpoint for Ripley, or is there no such thing? Oh, there, there is. Um, I, I think as far as feedback is concerned, uh, a lot of people, you know, our cartoon is still seen in over 200 newspapers every day. So we have a lot of people very vigilant to find mistakes. <laughs> uh, we try, as Ripley did uh, for, you know, until he died in 1949, to very verify virtually everything just to make sure that it is real guaranteed uh, absolutely genuine type of thing and and occasionally we will slip up uh, somebody will interpret it or it will be wrong in some way right and so we'll we'll get feedbacks uh, is that with um because Ripley's owns the uh, Guinness Book of World Records now we do yeah so is that with that kind of thing or is it with you know a theme park or um you know, do you have a couple examples of some problems you've had, and then you've had the you know code red situations? Oh, you know that that's one good thing. We, as far as I know, uh, we've never had a code red. Uh, you know, we uh, one of the first things that I did was uh, create a crisis management plan uh, when I joined the company, and to my knowledge, the thing has probably got about an inch of dust on it now. Uh, we've never really had it. I mean, we'll have our things. Well. Uh, you know, just like any other uh, small attraction company would have. But uh, the things that we, uh, but we've been in business for so long, we kind of can get around a lot of the problems. Uh, we know certain things uh, about faith and religion we just don't exhibit or we just don't uh, talk about uh-huh. in our cartoon. Uh, wherever we set up a museum uh, or a facility, we study the culture, become very familiar with that culture before we go into that particular market. Uh, what is the, what is an exotic place that you've been to that w- was the biggest learning curve for you? Uh, I would say India, Bangalore, India. 
Uh, what we, did you have to watch out for in terms of uh, PR? Again, how how we mention things, how we uh, especially your oh, two-headed cows. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, the two-headed cow. How we presented it. We still have one there, but what we have to do is just figure out how to present it. A lot of it has to do with wording on our signage. A lot of it has to do with uh, just the way we manage the company. And do you work with a local PR team that helps you translate and helps you with, you know, semantics? We have. We have. And, for example, uh, just just something that's, you know, no trouble, no problem, but something that could uh, hurt our sales and our uh, accessibility. We opened London. Uh, we're at One Piccadilly, the, the world's largest, believe it or not, museum. We opened that last August. And we... We call some of our um, uh, products museums, while others we call auditoriums. That was a term that we own. Ripley created the word back in the 1930s, so it's the odd, O-D-D, auditoriums. Uh-huh. And so we're Ripley's, believe it or not, auditoriums uh, virtually everywhere in the U.S. And we, um, we were going to do that over in, uh, in London, but the, again, in um, in studies, it showed that auditorium absolutely had no no effect. Ripley's, believe it or not, wasn't well known as we thought it would be in England. So we realized that there was a, a learning process. Uh, we had to learn uh, how to get our message across and learn how to let the people know what Ripley's stands for and what it's all about. Even though the TV show had run there, even though the cartoon had been there since the 1920s in various parts of the UK, uh, the general knowledge of who Ripley's was was kind of weird. So how did you do that? Well, again, and we're not—we haven't done it. <laughs> we're in the process, and it's going to be a long-term process. And that was—you know—we were going to call it. Okay, everybody understands what a museum is, so we're going to call it our Ripley's, believe it or not, museum. And then all of a sudden, somebody on the PR team from over there said, well, wait a minute, people think in the U.K., they think of museums as either free or non-profit places where you find artwork. Mm. Uh, you know, they don't have wax museums. They have wax palaces or whatever. But they, the museum term is pretty much allocated for the, uh, for the art public, world, public visual arts, and for the public access type of stuff. So uh, we're, we're, we're calling it an auditorium, but we're uh, basically calling it Ripley's or not visitors' attraction. I mean, you couldn't be much more specific than that. Right. And things have really gotten a lot of the things we did right at the very beginning created a lot of attention, and uh, especially the tabloids. We we kind of went over the over the line during our grand opening just to make sure that people knew all about us. And tabloids over there just picked us up and loved us because we were so new uh, as. We were in New York two years ago. We opened the 2000, in 2006 in New York. In Times Square? In Times Square, 40, uh, 42nd Street. Wow. And we opened there, and it had been 27 years since we'd been in uh, New York City. Uh, so we did a big slam there with a bunch of media, and we had paparazzi, and we had, you know, and it was great. So uh, Now, when you attract the paparazzi, what do you think attracts them? Because do you have celebrities on site? Uh, we do. We had 177 known attraction or known attraction known celebrities in in the UK. So how did you get them there? That's a good PR question. How did you get the celebrities to come because uh, it was such a great event? Or well, 
that as well. But from what we found in, in the U.K. is that if you get five or six or seven main celebrities let them, and let everybody else know that they're going to be there, people will flock with requests. Right, of course. And that's what happened over there. The company that we worked with over there also does celebrity booking. Mm-hmm. And they have a roster. Great. And basically their entire roster came. Oh. And uh, then others found out and called and said, could we get so-and-so over there, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. And everybody wants to take their kids. Everybody yep. want to take their we kids. We showed a lot of kids. A lot of celebrities walked a red carpet with uh, with their kids. And then, you know, we had, we had Lizard Man who... Uh, 100% tattooed with lizard scales and has a, a, a slit tongue. We had him greeting the limos as, as they came. And so they, everybody wanted their picture with him. And a lot of the paparazzi were there just to get the reactions of the people as they opened the door. And there was a lizard man standing there. But we also had Catwoman. We had, uh, you know, we had many, many different, uh, believe it or not, we can't call them freaks and weirdos, right? In fact, some want to be called freak. They uh, want to? Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's another story, though. We could talk another show about uh, how you differentiate a freak from a modified person. <laughs> oh, give me the abridged version before break. <laughs> well, a modified person uh, is a person who uh, has tattoos or they have uh, implants on the top of their head to make them look more like a snake or uh, have, have uh, piercings, uh, or, or even a person who looks like that and swallows swords and rams n- nails up their nose with a hand. Oh, so okay, well, all righty. That's <laughs> a little much in the morning. They're, uh, okay. they're considered performers or modification, where the true freaks, now there's a, there's a uh, freak show out of Austin, Texas, called the 999 Eyes Freak Show, and they all have, uh, uh, freaks. Uh, there's a uh, you know a, a three-legged girl. Uh, there's a lobster boy. And, what does that mean? Uh, his, he has his, claws. His fingers are connected, and he has like claws. Oh, it's like birth claws. defects. It's like the old circus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and that's what we uh, and that's what they have. They've got the uh, boy with elephantitis, uh, and you know they've they've got all kinds of. Uh, um, natural anomalies. And what's the grossest, weirdest, scariest thing you've ever seen? What's the What's the thing that stands out in your mind of one of the freaky, strange things you've ever seen? I think it's an exhibit we have in our New York Museum. Uh-huh. And it's half of a, a skull, cut in half, and when the person was still uh, still fresh from being executed, he was a, uh, a fugitive and he was a mass killer in France. And what they did is uh, they wanted, this was back in like the 16th or 17th century, and they wanted to find out what caused a person to go off the handle and start murdering people. So they figured if they could examine his skull and the inside of his brain um, and compare it to a quote-unquote normal person, they might get some insight into what was. So what they did is they sliced it, and right in half, put and preserved both halves in a liquid form and sealed it. And so you could see actually what the... And we were able to get one of the halves. And, and who has the other half? I don't know. I don't know. We, I don't know if we want to bring the two back into the same room together. But uh, there... Uh, so that was kind of uh, kind of interesting. But that grossed you out? Uh, that came the closest, I think. 
Uh, you must be a hard guy to gross out, I would imagine. I'm kind of jaded, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. A half a head. Oh, my and gosh. Then, my kids would be in heaven right now. And then sticking with the theme of heads, um, uh, Ripley was the first person to really discover in North America about the Ecuadorian uh, Hivaro Indian tribe who actually shrunk heads of their captives. And so the shrunken head is... Um, a very big part of the Ripley culture, and Ripley brought those back uh, in the uh, early uh, in the early twenties and thirties. And, and are they they're still around? Uh, yeah, we have a hundred and twenty some in our collection. One of the large, well, I think it is the world's largest collection uh, uh, of shrunken heads because you know they don't make them anymore, so uh, they're definitely uh, hard to find. And the thing about that, uh, I think. There's a whole process about shrinking heads and how they do it, and all which we won't get into. But uh, the the thing that I found most awe-inspiring was I'm standing there holding this shrunken head that's on exhibit, and I'm showing it off to people or whatever, and I'm looking down and saying, you know, this 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 head had a mother. <laughs> I mean, this was once a living human being that I'm holding in my hand now. And what an awful death this person probably had. And, you know... It just hit you all of a sudden. Yeah. You know, the first time I, I really thought that, I thought, whoa, boy. I, And ever since then, I've really shown a lot of reverence to, to the shrunken heads. People laugh about the shrunken heads. But, you know, I find it hard to laugh at them since that they, you know, the spirit, the, the whole thing that surrounds them, the karma... You know, uh, so I handle the shrunken heads with very much care. Oh, well, that's nice. He's, he's got a shrunken head and a, the uh, guy with the heart. I love it. Well, we're going to take a break. Um, this is your host, Maureen Kettis. You've been listening to PR Insider. We're sponsored by Cision. Uh, we're going to take some emailed questions, so email me at maureen at prinsider.biz, and we'll be back with more with Tim O'Brien, the VP of Publishing and Communications for Ripley Entertainment. Fascinating stuff. We'll be right back. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Cision's communication intelligence allows organizations to tell their story effectively. Whether they're speaking to TV networks or social networks, the company's Cision Point web platform integrates the world-class Bacon's Media Database with global media monitoring and analysis services. It gives communications professionals the tools they need to optimize their performance and build corporate and brand reputation. Find us on the web at www.us.cision.com. That's us.cision.com. C-I-S-I-O-N dot com. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. 
Webster's Dictionary defines a vertex as the highest point, the summit. The word vertex is derived from Latin, meaning to turn or to spin. If you have a product or service that needs exposure to a desired marketplace, shouldn't the idea be to reach the summit? To turn the tide of public opinion in your favor? To put some positive spin on so that success is in your future? If you run a major corporation and pay for expensive in-house public relations services, or if you're working from home yet need to know how to promote your new product or service, or if you fall somewhere in between, Vertex Communications, a public relations firm, is here to turn the tide on public opinion for you and your product. Vertex Communications, helping you communicate to the Vertex. Contact Vertex Communications at VertexPR.com to get an honest, straightforward assessment of your PR profile and a plan that will work for you, not against you. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-P-R.com. Communicate to the Vertex. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis, brought to you by Cision on the web at us.cision.com. Maureen and her guests would love to hear from you during the live show. Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also email your questions to be addressed on the show. Send your email to Maureen at prinsider.biz. That's Maureen at prinsider.biz. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to PR Insider. I'm your host, Maureen Kettis. We've been speaking with Tim O'Brien, the VP of Publishing and Communications for Ripley Entertainment. Ripley's Believe It or Not. Madame Tussauds, right? That's another one? Uh, yeah, well, no, we don't, uh, we don't own Madame Tussauds. Uh, we own Louis Tussauds, <laughs> okay. which was an errant nephew. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess I misinterpreted the uh, website. So what is Louis uh, Louis Tussauds Wax Museums, uh, we have five of them. And they are um, you know, just a, a contemporary approach to, uh, to wax museums. And, uh, you know, Madame Tussauds is, uh, is the leader. Everybody looks up to Madame Tussauds. They have the largest presence. Uh, but they're owned by a, um, a company called Merlin Entertainment out of London now. And they have, uh, you know, they're expanding as well. But uh, Louis Tussauds was a nephew of the original Madame Tussauds, and uh, he worked for her and learned his art, and then they had a falling out, and he left and created a competing company, uh, hmm. which was the Louis Tussauds. So that's what you, that's what you guys bought. And we've pur- we purchased that back in the 70s. Yeah. Wow. Does, um, does Ripley's have a competition, or is it pretty much you've got the market covered? Well, you know, when, when you run a small attraction, virtually anything that will occupy a person's mind, time, or money is competition. Uh, but as far as if you mean another museum that's buying up weird things and bizarre things and all that, uh, no. Um, there's a lot of uh, one-offs. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, small resort towns or whatever might have a place with a, one shrunken head and a couple weird things. But, uh, you know, we're definitely the world leader in uh, small attractions, which include our 32, believe it or not, museums. Wow. Does Ripley's, um, do you have extra inventory and do you, that you store places, or is everything out for public viewing? Uh, we, have a, we have a huge warehouse. We call it our vault. And inside the vault there is uh, a, a lot of stuff. Uh, not as much 
stuff as we used to have uh, because we're expanding so much. Last year we opened eight new attractions in 2008. 2009 we're on uh, on track to open seven new attractions. Wow. So things in our warehouse uh, kind of start you know, <laughs> going out the door. So we're busy acquiring and our acquisitions department is very, very busy. So you would, I mean, think in this economy things would be, but maybe, you know, it's an escapism and that tends to take off in bad economies. You know, it is. And, and again, we've always been, our business model is to sell tickets to a block of entertainment time. And that being said, uh, we're very, very observant of a person's time as well as their budget. Are you responsible, you know, because, uh, you know, in PR we're often having to justify our fees um, by ROI, return on investment for clients. Are you, do you feel responsible for Ripley's um, profits or uh, attendance, or is that sort of not your department? Well, if they're up, yes, I, yeah, they're, that's my job. If they're down, it's somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Pass the blame. I want your job. <laughs> Riding roller coasters. And there you go. Well, yeah. Um, one of my, I see part of my job is obviously brand awareness, mm-hmm. but I also see it as uh, as putting butts through the turnstile. Uh, I, I am very uh, uh, very cognizant of the fact that uh, you know, brand awareness is great, and brand awareness will create specific awareness, which will create a customer. But I also am out there doing the promotions and the events that we have are uh, are created specifically to put people into the museum. Into the, into the stores, in, into, into the, the shops. Absolutely. Um, how, how do you keep the brand and message consistent throughout the world? I mean, you're dealing with different cultures probably within each store. They have the, they have the Ripley's, uh, you know, business motto, but, but I would imagine that each store has its own sort of corporate culture, and especially in different countries. And how do you keep it consistent throughout the world? Well, as any, uh, you know, we have franchises. Uh, part of our facilities uh, worldwide are franchises. And as any franchise uh, owner, they must follow specific things, uh, specific rules, um, you know, how to present it. We have, of course, we have a style book for our logo uh-huh. and how we are to be referred to and uh, things like that. But as far as local, local business, uh, we let, you know, each individual general manager is basically responsible for their own PR marketing and events as well as uh, brand awareness in their own little community. And so that's you know, we, we keep an eye out for things. If we see a misuse of a logo or uh, logos printed in the wrong color or something, we'll call that attention to the, uh, to the local manager. So you have the style guide, you have the communication guide, and then you give um, a certain amount of power to the general managers in each area. Yep, in each yep, market, absolutely, and uh, you know, and we put out. Um, what I'll do is put out. I'll, I'll write a release. Let's say um, uh, this this month I put out a baseball. Uh, the top ten, believe it or not, about baseball of all times. And what I did is I researched our um, our, uh, our archives. We had over two thousand. And uh, well, Ripley archives. himself was a professional baseball player, wasn't he? He was absolutely very good. Very good. <laughs> And uh, and we did a. I wrote a book last year called uh, Believe It or Not Baseball Oddities. And so what we did this year, again, just to 
get our attention out, get some information out at the start of the baseball season and all. Uh, I put out a, a release, I put it out on all the uh, all the wires and blogs and baseball sports casters and so forth about the top ten uh, baseball oddities of all times, uh, and that's absolutely a subjective list. But uh, then what I did also is uh, created a template with that release for each one of our museums uh, and attractions, believe it or not, museums and attractions, to uh, customize that for their own local market. Great. And I would imagine that, you know, given that spring is here, that that would be a huge uh, media, you know, we need a lighthearted story every now and then. I would think that you must have gotten that picked up. We did. We did. We got it picked up. The local, uh, there's, uh, I've heard already back from four or five museums that have customized it, that they have said that they've been uh, on a local radio station talking about uh, baseball and Ripley and so forth. So, so that's kind of cool, and then we did one over President's Day about the the top fifteen facts about Abraham Lincoln. Great, and uh, and that got picked up as well. So that those are kind of the little things you asked me earlier. The kind of what I do to keep our name out there, and a lot of it is populating the web. Right, and, and keep and it keeps Ripley Ripley's current because in each museum, do you change uh, your displays a lot, or are they? How do you keep the uh, the people coming back in? From well, again, like I said, we're in destination markets. That so, do you have a lot of tourism business? A lot of tourism, a lot of turnover. They basically most of the markets were in reload every week uh, with with a new group of people. So, uh, but we do we keep them fresh. We keep them uh, a lot of fun. We're starting these last couple of years, and we're going to expand the program this year. We're going to have more live entertainment in them. We're going to have the sword swallowers standing wow. up front. Uh, you know things like that. People, lizard man inside, have this picture taken with people, and uh, so we're we're going to be doing a lot of that. The sword swallowing event brought a lot of people that had never been to a museum to the museums, and right now we've got a um, um, one tour going out, and uh, that is it's uh, now it's leaving the Wisconsin Dells this week and going to be set up in San Francisco for the month of April. The first few. And that's our fertility statues, the Ripley's famous fertility statues. And that's quite a story. What is uh, that? Back in uh, 1993, Edward Meyer, our archivist, acquired uh, two beautiful fertility statues from the Ivory Coast of Africa, from the Bale people. So they're five foot tall. They're, they're hand-carved out of uh, single pieces of ivory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, ebony. And that they're they're beautiful, and so instead of just putting them into our warehouse or into one of our museums, they use them as sentinels on either side of the front door of corporate headquarters. And within the next thirteen months, thirteen women have become pregnant, <laughs> either employees or visitors, including the uh, FedEx lady. Keep uh, Oscar Mom away from that. <laughs> that would that would walk by and touch the fertility statue. And somehow, and I wasn't with the company then, but somehow the Wall Street Journal uh, heard of it, interviewed the people, did a big story on it. Then, you know, the, the dam was broken. Oh, it was People were saying, where can I go to touch these? Where can I go to touch these? Where? And so we were bringing people, letting people come into our corporate headquarters, and we thought, well, wait a minute. Let's take the, these to the people. And so we, did, we toured them pretty consistently from like 95 up to 2000. 
and they made three around-the-world trips uh, to our various museums. And then when they retired back to Orlando, to our corporate headquarters, we built a special room for them and made a little homage to the fertility statues and put them in there. And we were getting anywhere between 30 and 40 people a week, or excuse me, a month, that would actually come in, sign in the book, and go in and see the statue. Oh, my gosh. And right That's now amazing. We have, That's a great PR tool. Well, uh, any, we can't explain them. We don't say they work. We, you know, we, we kind of back off and say, you know, obviously something's working because right now more than 2,000 women have contacted us and told us that they were uh, that they were pregnant. Well, believe it or not, oh my gosh! Well, we have to stop and take another break. This is your host Maureen Kettis um, on PR Insider, and we've been talking with uh, Tim O'Brien of Ripley's. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Webster's Dictionary defines a vertex as the highest point, the summit. The word vertex is derived from Latin, meaning to turn or to spin. If you have a product or service that needs exposure to a desired marketplace, shouldn't the idea be to reach the summit? To turn the tide of public opinion in your favor? To put some positive spin on so that success is in your future? If you run a major corporation and pay for expensive in-house public relations services, or if you're working from home yet need to know how to promote your new product or service, or if you fall somewhere in between, Vertex Communications, a public relations firm, is here to turn the tide on public opinion for you and your product. Vertex Communications, helping you communicate to the Vertex. Contact Vertex Communications at VertexPR.com to get an honest, straightforward assessment of your PR profile and a plan that will work for you, not against you. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-P-R.com. Communicate to the Vertex. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about the show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Decisions Communication Intelligence allows organizations to tell their story effectively. Whether they're speaking to TV networks or social networks, the company's Cision Point web platform integrates the world-class Bacon's Media Database with global media monitoring and analysis services. It gives communications professionals the tools they need to optimize their performance and build corporate and brand reputation. Find us on the web at www.us.cision.com. That's us.cision.com. C-I-S-I-O-N dot com. 
business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Listening to PR Insider with your host Maureen Kettis, brought to you by Cision on the web at us.cision.com. Maureen and her guests would love to hear from you during the live show. Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also email your questions to be addressed on the show. Send your email to Maureen at prinsider.biz. That's Maureen at prinsider.biz. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to PR Insider. I'm your host, Maureen Kettis. And, you know, my engineer, Mike, asked me, do you have any guests today? Uh, Well, I just think I'll sit and talk about myself. Um, How boring. I have the most amazing guest today. Tim O'Brien has been, um, if you've been listening, he's been uh, telling us all about the world of Ripley's Believe or Not. I mean, I could just go on and on and on with this topic. It's just so amazing. Uh, Tim, welcome back. Uh, Thank you. Um, we were, you know, during the break we were talking about your work as a photojournal, a photojournalist, and in journalism as well. Um, how has that helped you as a PR person, and how how has it influenced your PR practice for Ripley's? You know, I would say, Maureen, that any person who calls himself a PR person today needs journalistic training. Um, you know, I've seen it so much, and I look out there now at the most successful PR people I know, all started as journalists. And I think I was a journalist for 36 years total before I uh, got involved in PR. And I, de- I dealt with an awful lot of PR people during those times. And I saw a lot of press kits. I saw a lot of press releases with typos in them. I saw a lot of very you know, articulate people representing their companies. And it just, it just sent shivers up my spine when I would walk through an amusement park, for example, to do a story on their new roller coaster. And the, the PR person would say, well, here it is. This is the biggest, the largest, the fastest new roller coaster in the world. And I knew, I knew it wasn't. So people just, you know, PR people through the years really, um, really turned me off. Uh, as where, But on the other hand, there were a lot of good ones that actually helped me do my job. So when I became a PR person, I made a couple promises to myself that, one, I would be very attentive to any request. I would get return every call right away, and I would do my best to uh, know my product well enough that I wouldn't uh, dissuade the people from uh, you know, not printing the truth. And so I think that is my biggest influence. I think I'm aware. I have a great feeling of what the journalist needs for a story. Uh, I've learned to talk in sound bites so that I can uh, get quoted a lot. Uh, so things like that I learned as a journalist, and I don't think any amount of PR school will can, can teach you that kind of stuff. Right, exactly right. I mean, I think you have to have that that savvy of uh, knowing how that the media works and also being able to write. That's <laughs> yeah. a huge part of it, write and speak. It, it's, it's, a, it's amazing how many, how many of my press releases uh, or even pitch letters actually show up in the main story. Yep. So I'm making the job easier for, for the media by being able to provide them with something that they can use. I have, I've had that happen so many times where my, I see my press release and then there's a byline from a journalist who just took chunk on it. <laughs> it's called plagiarism where I come from, but, you know, I don't mind. I don't mind. Oh, getting the message a, out. 
And as long as they add the second source, that's research. So that's, that's <laughs> exactly right. So what what other job would you have if Ripley's didn't exist? What do you envision yourself doing? <laughs> I would be running a small hamburger beer joint on the side of a small lake somewhere, renting boats and fishing equipment and standing there all day talking to people and renting them maybe some small cottages. I mean, that's my desire. I would love to do something like that. So you're an entertainment guy no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really. Uh, You know, we work with a big garden and do some cooking and stuff. I don't know if I could have ever made a living doing that, but, you know, uh, I I guess that's everybody's dream now. Well, I don't think so. I like. I think I'd like to be catered to, oh, okay. <laughs> being the one cooking the hamburgers. I'd like to be served the hamburger. Um, so, so tell us, uh, tell our listeners about your books because we didn't get into that really. But just in a nutshell, um, some of your books. Well, Ripley's uh, in 1929 started the publishing division. Uh, the cartoons actually started in 18, as we had said, 1918, and by the 1929. Uh, they were uh, the cartoon was being distributed, syndicated in 14 or 15 different markets here in the states. Uh, then William Randolph Hearst uh, picked up Ripley, and you know, right from there, the cartoon went from uh, 15 markets up to uh, over 350 newspapers throughout the world. So uh, that was taking place in 1929, and Ripley, on that national and international attention, thought he had put out his first book which was all new, believe it or not. And that book ended up selling over the next couple of years uh, uh, over 500,000 copies during the Depression. And so from then right up to the present, we've published well over 100 different books. A lot of them have the same title, believe it or not, but some of them are annual. Some of them have, believe it or not, baseball oddities or amusement park oddities or whatever. And we right now took all of our publishing in-house six years ago. And at the, up to that point, we licensed most of it. But, you know, we're a content company. We have so much content. We thought, hey, we can do this ourselves. And so we've been publishing right now uh, one major book, which we call our annual, uh, in August or September. And you are doing the PR for those as well? Yeah, I sure You're am. a busy guy. So with all this growth in, in Ripley's, and you're, you know, you're opening new shops and or museums, whatever you would call them. Um, you know, a lot of our listeners are publicists. Are there job opportunities out there? Should people be contacting? Not really. Uh, <laughs> oh, bummer. Stay away. This is my job. Uh, no, uh, uh, there really aren't because I would say only right off the top of my head, four of our 73 different uh, businesses have their own PR and or marketing person. Um, so you know, that's part of my job is to train, as we said earlier, and to provide information for the locals. But if they were interested, maybe they could contact a franchise and see if that person wants to hire locally? Yeah, that would be the best, absolutely. And you can go onto ripleys.com and uh, under attractions, under locations, and click, and that will give you all the contact information, tell you where they are and Great. so forth. And uh, uh, they might, uh, you know, as a freelancer probably, you know, or a freelance writer, a freelance right. uh, photographer, or whatever. Get uh, some kind of job. Yeah, could pick up some, uh, and it probably wouldn't be on a regular basis, 
But, oh. uh, you know, every year, uh, five, six, seven times, I hire photographers for different markets. Well, thank you so much. That's all the time we have left today, Tim. You're going to have to come back. This has okay. just gone, gone by like lightning speed. Thanks to Cision. Thanks my, to my executive producer, John Missel, for booking such a fabulous guest, and to my engineer, Mike. This is Maureen Kettis, host of PR Insider. Listen up next week, and we will have a commercial break. Thanks again for listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis. PR Insider is brought to you by Cision, helping communications experts navigate the sea of social media. Visit them on the web at us.cision.com. And make sure you join us again next Friday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. Have a great week. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit VoiceAmericaBusiness.com. the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit VoiceAmerica.com. the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management